Well, hello, lovely humans, and welcome to Engage, a wedding planning podcast for the modern day couple. I'm your host, Jamie Wolfer, and I truly believe that wedding planning does not need to be complicated or time consuming. I kind of picture these episodes like jumping on a quick phone call with your wedding planner. You get your answers and you go on your merry way because sometimes not all of us have an hour to dedicate to listening to super long podcasts or super long intros. So without further ado, let's just jump right on into it. Now, before we jump into today's episode, things are going to be a little bit all over the place, but that's for a good reason. If you didn't know, I actually do live phone calls with the members of the master plan quarterly. That means every three months I'm sitting down for a whole hour answering your questions. So if you're struggling and you're going through wedding planning and you're like, I just I just need someone to talk to for like a hot minute, please join the master plan. Join us on our quarterly calls and get your questions answered. And who knows, maybe you could be featured on the podcast too. All right, silverware versus pretty plasticware. Do guests care what the food is laying on? Does it really affect the look? So some guests probably do. I guarantee you there are some guests out there and I literally had parents say like, oh, but it has to be China that they touch or glass that they're drinking out of. Like some people have these preconceived notions of what they want your wedding day to look like, whether they're just a guest, a family member or a friend. Everyone kind of has this idea of what they want your wedding to feel like. So yes, some people may care. The question is, does it matter if two people care? Do you want to change your entire budget? Because those two people might be affected by that because five people might be affected by that. I don't think that is 100% what you should be basing this decision off of. If you want that, and that's a desire you want to have, or desire you want to enact of China, of glassware, of actual utensils, then that is absolutely a choice to make for sure, because that's the vision that you want to have. So as far as silverware versus pretty plasticware, I'm assuming we're talking about the pretty silver ones. I actually did a cost breakdown. This was a couple of years ago. So like barring inflation, I'm not quite sure what the charges or the prices are now. But I think for the fancy looking plastic dishware that looked like real dishware was about 45 cents a plate for a dinner plate. And renting a dinner plate from a company, from like a rental company was 45 cents a plate. And I was like, wait, they're the same exact cost? What? Or something super similar where like, off by a couple of pennies. Um, the silverware had a little bit more of a drastic difference, but not by much. Where what it came down to was manpower. What do you have the manpower for? Because you can get pretty low-end silverware and pretty low-end china for a relatively inexpensive cost. But who's setting that up? Who's scraping those plates? Who's putting them back in their crates? You also have the drop-off. You have the pickup. There are a couple of additional manpower things that need to be considered when you're doing something like this, um, as well as well as a couple of extra financial details that you have to think of. You know, it, with delivery and pickup, that's an extra cost. So from that comparison that I did, it, it was super similar. So it just comes down to, gosh, delivery and pickup could be up to $300. Do you want to spend that extra so you have that touch, that feel, that experience? The flip side of that is with the disposable stuff, who's throwing that away? And this is some, okay, I'm gonna get on so books for a second. <laughs> this is something that we run into a lot, or I shouldn't say we run into a lot. I, I've spoken out about this a couple different times, but we hear frequently that, oh, my friends and family will throw it away. They'll, they'll throw it away. Oh, they'll help tear down. It's not a big deal. And I can say with full assurity, no, 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 it is a big deal. Because when people typically go to a wedding, they expect and just kind of treat it like a wedding type experience that they're used to. Most people don't throw away their plates at weddings. They just don't think about it because they're using China or whatnot. So it's almost like the switch goes off in their mind. They're not bad people. They don't mean poorly by it. They just they're just not thinking about it. So now that I've given you like a roundabout answer for this, 
Silverware versus pretty plastic wear. Manpower. Do you want to spend money on drop off and pick up? Do you have people to bust your tables? You'll need it regardless, right? Whether it's disposable or not disposable. Do you guests care what food is laying on? Very few, very few will. And that'll be up to you to decide what you want to have or what you want to do with that in mind. And then does it really affect the look? If you're going with disposable and you're concerned about the look, don't put it on the tabletop. Just have it at the buffet. Just leave it over there. And then the tabletops can be nice and clean. Maybe you've got lightly nicer napkins to kind of demark, demarcate. Is that a word? I think it is. Let's roll with it. <laughs> Where people are seated. And that could be a great option. But the look that we're talking about really is what the guest experiences, right? That touch point that we talked about. If they're physically touching it, they're going to experience it more greatly than if it's further away from them. Um, and then the photos, those getting ready, those DIY, those setup photos of what your reception space looked like before everything got started, that would be the other area of the look that would be affected. So if that's a concern, then you just keep all the disposable stuff off the tabletop and then the guests can bring it in once they've gone through the buffet line. My friends over at Honey Fund are literally on a mission to make all couples' honeymoon dreams come true, regardless of their budget. Why? Because couples who take a honeymoon and travel together regularly are happier in their marriages. According to a 2022 independent study of married American couples, couples who took a honeymoon were more likely to be happily married 11 plus years later. What? If you're worried that you don't have the budget for a honeymoon, Honey Fund has your back. They make it so unbelievably easy to register for your honeymoon and your guests will absolutely love it. Make your honeymoon happen with Honey Fund, the most trusted honeymoon and cash registry. Sign up for your honeymoon registry today at honeyfund.com. Should I rent or buy items for my wedding? All right. So here's the deal. I'm going to answer your question with a question. Are you the type of person that takes returns back? Because if you are, you might be fine and like sell the items afterwards. I am not. I am also, I hate selling things on Facebook Marketplace. I love buying things off Facebook Marketplace, but I hate selling them there. Like being really realistic about who you are as a person. Are you actually going to sell this stuff later? Are you wanting to buy it and keep it? Are you going to repurpose it in your home? Um, I did a whole blog post on like double dipping decor, like things that you can buy specifically for your wedding that, that you can then like, oh, look, I could just reuse it in my home. There's that's fine. That's the kind of stuff that would be great to purchase, right? Because then you get to use it afterwards. As long as you have a solid setup and teardown plan, we love this for us, right? But if you are the type that's like, I'm just going to buy it and sell it afterwards, you have to really ask yourself, are you actually going to sell it? Or is this going to be an extra stressful process that we were really anticipating? In addition to that, there's a reason that things are offered as rental items. They're typically more expensive to buy than they are to rent. Or if they're cheaper to buy, there's a reason. I'll use tablecloths as an example. Talked about this in a video before. I bought the tablecloths for my wedding. I was like, look it, they're so cheap. They're like 10 or $12 each. And it's going to cost me like $18 to rent them. I could save $6 per tablecloth. Now, bear in mind, y'all, I had like 14 tables. Like it, it, it was what, maybe an additional $85 in the grand scheme of things. Whereas like, I'm going to save so much money by buying these tablecloths myself. Those tablecloths were the absolute worst. They took 45 minutes to iron because you couldn't get the wrinkles out in the wash or the dryer. The only way to get these wrinkles out was to physically iron each and every single one of them slowly and with intention. 45 minutes, a tablecloth. So here is one of those, like, I thought I was going to be saving so much money. No, 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 no. In my opinion, looking back, I so wish I would have rented tablecloths. That was a giant time suck. It was super stressful. And it was not worth the $85 that I saved. 
it was absolutely, in my opinion, not worth it. So all that to say, I cannot answer your question about whether or not you think you should have, or you should be buying or renting items. Are we going to be reusing them later? Are we going to be selling them later? Is it, does it really make sense for you to purchase them instead of renting them? Do you really want that extra legwork? Do you have the storage space in your home? Do you have a place where you can put them? Do you want to be tripping over votive candles for the next six months? Cause you got a deal for black Friday and they're super cheap, but like now you have to live with them and then you have to figure out how to sell them afterwards. So to each his own, right? Sometimes it does make more sense to just buy it, just buy the thing, especially if you have a really specific look or you want it to be really customized or, you know, there's absolutely a time and place to buy something instead of renting it. But there is a reason that rental companies exist. So you don't have to buy it. So you don't have to store it. So you don't have to clean it. So you don't have to iron it. So it's a case-by-case thing where I would say probably figuring out how important it is to you um, or how much time you want to spend on this. And then you can kind of make a decision from there. Are you feeling lost or overwhelmed with wedding planning? Why does this also sound like an infomercial? (laughs) Take a deep breath. You are in the right place. I've put together this amazing, if I do say so myself, wedding planning checklist that tells you all the things that you need to be doing and when you need to be doing them. A step-by-step path just for you. You can grab your step-by-step wedding planning checklist now at weddingchecklist.co. That's weddingchecklist.co. How do you know when you've bought and made enough decor to complement the space and your vision, but not so much that, that it's overwhelming or cluttered antique shoppy? I love this question. Wait, where are we going with this? (laughs) I have an idea of the theme, direction, vision that I'd like to go in, but without literally putting things in the space and after amassing all the stuff over the next several months, I'm not confident I'll know when enough is just right. Okay. So this sounds to me like spatially, we might need to do a dry run because I think that my biggest concern with reading this is, oh dear goodness, who's doing all this setup? Like at a certain point you have to say, stop not because it's going to be cluttered. It's because it's going to be overwhelming to set up and overwhelming to tear it down. Especially if you have a specific vision of what you want this to look like, who's pulling that off? So that my biggest concern is not because you have too much stuff because of the stuff factor. It's the setup. It's getting the ideal vision. It's the tear down. It's, it just like skyrockets the amount of work that goes into this. So that's my biggest concern. If you have an idea of what you want, but the missing puzzle piece is putting them in place, go to your venue and measure out the locations that you're thinking about having these. And then go home and pre-set up these vignettes of what you had pictured in your mind and measure out that space and see, you know, obviously if we're going with a photo booth, maybe it's eight feet tall by six feet wide. And then the footprint you need four feet out. And then there's going to be a table. Measure that out at home set that up at home and then go to the venue and measure out where that is going in that space. So it's the spatial stuff. It sounds like that we're getting really caught up on. So, and then also I would say time yourself as you're setting this up, because if you have the vision inside your head, that's great, but communicating that's really hard. So you probably have to set it up, take a picture, and then someone can use that as a reference point. Um, And just bear in mind that it's probably going to take someone a little bit longer than you if they don't have the same design eye. So that's how you can kind of do it without literally physically putting it in the space, right? Is pre-setting it up, measuring it out, and then measuring the space that you want it to go in, in the venue. And then I would also say, no one knows how much you were planning on doing. So if you get to the point where you're like, I'm done, I'm cutting it. It's not happening. I'm over it. This sounded fun and it's not anymore. (laughs) Um, That would be, that's a great reminder. It's just like, no one knows. No one knows what's going on. 
So take into account how long it takes you to set up. Be realistic that someone else is going to be setting this up and may not have your eye, may not have your vision. Really pare down what you want to set up because this could be a huge deal and take a lot of time from people or for people to be there doing this. Um, And then just remember, whatever you don't have done, whatever you don't have ready, whatever you decide to ditch, no one knew it was going to be there anyways. So my hope is that you never get to the point where it'll be cluttered and antique antique shop looking. Like as much as I love antiquing, it's literally one of my favorite things to do. We do not want your wedding feeling like that. We don't have time for that. You don't have the energy for that. And people don't have the energy to set that up. So let's be purposeful. Think of touch points. Let's go back to that same exact reference. Wherever people can touch, let's play. Let's, wait, that's, (laughs) let's make sure that we play visually. Let's make sure that we put something together that's visually entertaining in very key select spots and then pare down the rest. What is the best way to transport all of my DIY decorations to my venues so they can be ready for them to set up? So the best way to transport all of it would be as organized as possible, which I know is part of your question. So organizing them according to whatever table they're going on. So maybe everything for the card boxes in one table, um, everything for table one and table two could be in another box. That's another great way of doing it. If things are really specific, we talked about this with the antique shop idea, make sure you pre-set it up and take a photo of it. If you have a specific vision of what you want done with this. We also had a recent wedding where the bride said, um, there's X amount of this signs in this bin. Three of them are claimed, like put them here, here, and here. The, the last one is just a freebie, like put it somewhere if you feel like putting it somewhere. And that helped us tremendously as well. We also have this DIY prep checklist, uh, which is phenomenal, if I do say so myself, that if you are in the throes of this and you're really trying to figure out what this looks like, grab this download, go through that. It should definitely help um, organize things on your end. And organize things for people who are helping you set up and helping you tear down. If you are struggling with wedding planning and you have questions and you just need someone to listen and to chat with, come join us in the Master Plan community over at themasterplanwed.com. I would love to have you in there. Thanks so much for listening. If you haven't done so already, subscribe, jump on over to wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave a five-star review so we can let the podcast people know that Jamie knows what she's talking about sometimes. (laughs) And until next time, bye guys.